Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about eight things that will subtract God's favor out of your life. But don't worry, at the end, we're going to teach you how to attract God's favor continuously in your life. But the verse that we're going to anchor ourselves in is going to be Genesis chapter 39. As I was kind of vibing with God this morning, he dropped uh, or he, he or he guided me into reading about Joseph. And as I was reading, uh, when I got to chapter 39 about Joseph, so much stuff jumped off the page, man. And then I got to working and I began to get a lot of points that would really help us gain and sustain God's favor. Now, let's read John, uh, not John, Genesis 39. It says, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse three, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything. Let's break this uh, text down layer by layer. A uh, quick question. Uh, what version of the Bible do you think is best? I read ESV and that's what I'm reading from now. Let's go to verse two. The Lord was with Joseph. There is nothing more comforting to us as children of God than this, knowing that God is with you. When you know that God is with you, it means that you know that God is for you. When you know that God is for you, then you will understand what it means with God being with you. For you means that he's love you, that I'm there for you. I'm your God. I'm your Lord. I got your back. With you means that he is in the midst of what you're doing. The goal is to get from just not only God being for us, but God being with us, God being with your entrepreneurial endeavors, God being with your business, God being with your marriage, God, God being with the things that you do. And so the point of this message is to get us to understand that could it be that the reason why our businesses are failing, our entrepreneurial endeavors are not succeeding, or could it be that, that our marriages is turning in a bad direction is because we are executing things that are subtracting God's favor when it comes to him being with us and what in and in what we're doing. But I love it says the Lord was with Joseph. And I love that it didn't say the God or God was with Joseph. It said the Lord was with Joseph, meaning that Joseph, to some degree, somewhere in his life, allowed God to be his Lord, being the one responsible for submitting to his lordship. It says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. I love that. And I talk about that in my coaching program when it talks about becoming that that when the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph and Joseph submitted to the lordship of God and he began to live righteous and live upright and allow the Lord to Lord. Then he became the goal in life that is to become the person we must become 
in order to have what we desire to have. See, the things that we desire to have, we can't have them for long if we're if we haven't become the person we need to be. See, in order for us uh, uh, to have big, we have to become big. Are you the person you need to be to steward what you desire to have? So he became a successful man. There was a process in Joseph's maturation, maturation in Joseph's development where he became a successful man. Who are you becoming? So you don't attract what you desire. You attract who you are. Are you attractive? See, favor is, is, is attracted to people who are attractive, who are becoming more like God, who are becoming who they need to be. And so it said that the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. In order to attract success, you have to become an individual of success. You have to become a person of success. You have to embody wealth before you can attain wealth. You have to embody it before you can actually have it. It says the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. Verse three, his master saw that the Lord was with him. One of the uh, um, traits or byproducts of God's favor is people seeing God's favor. Now, this Egyptian Potiphar was not a worshiper of God. This, this Egyptian wasn't a person that followed God's principles. But one thing people in the world know, they know when you have a supernatural support. They know when you have the favor of God on you. So the one of the byproducts of being a person of favor is people can recognize it. And, and Joseph wasn't in charge yet. Joseph wasn't second in command of Egypt yet. But what Potiphar saw could not be unseen. And so the more you begin to submit to the lordship of Jesus and allow him to be Lord of your life and you allow that lordship, the will of God, your sanctification begin to develop you into a successful person that embodies certain traits, then people can't help but see that the Lord is with you. Uh, it says his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. The second thing that you will see in this text, not only did Potiphar see that God was with him, he saw how God caused, how God caused. That's why sometimes your life has to be paused in order for you to embrace a cause. So sometimes in your life, you'll be like, man, why does God, why am I not, why hasn't God pressed play on my life? Why God hasn't fast forward me in certain situations? No, God said, let me pause you and prepare you for a cause. He pauses for causes. And so when God pauses your life, he said, hey man, allow me to be your Lord. Allow me to develop you. Allow me to make you into a successful, sufficient individual. See, God wants us to be sufficient in his sufficiency, meaning God doesn't want us to always rely on him. He wants us to be self-sufficient in his sufficiency, meaning that we're operating with the installed characteristics of him. He doesn't want us always looking up and, and saying, can I do this? Should I do this? He wants us to be so in tune with him that we're self-sufficient in the fruit of the spirit, self-sufficient in the righteousness of Jesus, self-sufficient in, in, in biblical principles. That while his sufficiency is at work in our self-sufficiency by the help of the Holy Spirit, then everything that we do, everything that we touch will be caused 
to prosper. So the first trait that we see is that his master saw that the Lord was with him. And secondly, he also saw that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. Not some, not most, all that he did. God wants to cause everything in your hand according to his will to prosper. You have a high probability for everything in your hand to prosper when it, when it was already a part of God's plan for your life. The Bible says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the purposes of the Lord that prevails. So the more you're tapped into God's purpose as a husband, God's purpose as a wife, God's purpose as an individual, God's purposes, then you will begin to see things prevail in your life. So the first thing Potiphar we see is that he saw that the Lord was with him. Secondly, he saw that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. God wants things in your hands. Because God knows that when your heart is submitted, your hands will be holy. When your heart has been made holy and your head has been made holy, then your hands will be made holy. And that when your hands are holy, we're not saying perfect, we're talking about set apart, that they only do what the Lord wants. They're hands of, of touch and tenderness, hands of grace, hands of productivity. When the head is holy and the heart is holy, then God can trust things to produce in your hands because what you do through your hands will not hurt people, but help people. Next, verse four. So Joseph found favor in his sight. So in order to find favor in other people, because God uses people to promote us, God just doesn't stretch his hand down and lift you into positions. He uses other people. So God knows what he needs to do in your life for you to find favor in the sight of others. God wants you to find favor in the sight of others so that he can then position you in leadership positions. So whether you're uh, finding favor with the bank or finding, finding favor with your employer, finding favor in the marketplace and finding favor in partnerships, finding favor because he knows he wants people with holy heads, holy hearts and holy hands and holy positions. So that they can wholly help shape a nation, move a country, move a city, move a family lineage. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attend him. So God wants you to get to a place where people see that God is with you, that people see that God prospers things through your hands. And so that people can then say, hey, I need this person in my life. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attend him. Now, why uh, uh, did Joseph found favor? That means Joseph has certain skills. You and I will not find favor in people's eyes if we don't have skills, if we don't have something that will benefit them. So when you have favor from God, that means what they they may have your same skills. They may be smarter than you, but what they don't have is God's favor. God opens and closes doors. God will move things quicker. So you think you need qualification. No, you need God's favor. God's favor will get you further than anything the world system deems as the route to success. So Joseph found favor in his sight because he has some intangible, intangible skills, intangible skills of, of integrity, honesty, uh, love, joy, whatever, those kind of things. <clears throat> and external favors like stewardship, management, building, or whatever it is that Joseph had. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attend him, and he made him overseer of his house. So God now says, hey, in order for me to get you an overseer, overseer of a country, 
metaphorically, or overseeing something bigger, don't count as strange when I've helped you find favor in the sight of low-level positions. But what made Joseph so successful is that he blossomed no matter where he was planted. He blossomed in Potiphar's house. He blossomed in the prison. He blossomed in the palace. The reason why many of us are not able to succeed at high levels is because we don't know how to succeed at low levels. You have to practice success where no one sees you. You have to practice success when no one knows you. Jesus was unknown from 13 or 12 to 30. See, people, they want to then begin to say, oh, I can attract God's favor now. I want to be seen. No, God's favor first starts in unfavorable circumstances and unfavorable, unfavorable situations. And if you can attract favor in unfavorable situations, then you're qualified to attract favor in highly favorable situations. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him, meaning he served him. Joseph said, yeah, I know I got favor with you, but I'm not going to use this, manipulate this. I'm going to serve. Service will get you to higher service. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He served Potiphar. And Joseph and Potiphar made him overseer of his house, his continue, and put him in what? Charge of all that he had. Ooh, God wants it all. God wants it all. And God is looking for people that can ball with, 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 with all with in everything that can really get to that level and say, you know what? I can be trusted with all. Can you be trusted with all? People who cannot be trusted with all will eventually fall. Being trusted with all means you have uh, staples in your life. You have integrity. You have honesty. You have <clears throat> work ethic, you have discipline, you have honor. Those things will put you in position where people will give you all their things, put you in charge of all. Let's keep going. From the time, verse five, I love this. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for whose sake? Joseph's sake. From the time you stepped into that church, the time that you stepped into that job position, the time that you stepped into that industry, whoever was over you and you serve, they know you found favor. The true mark of a man or woman that's favored by God, people are blessed because of you. Do you have a blessed disposition? <clears throat> if you don't have a blessed disposition, then you won't be blessed with positions. We have to have a blessed dispositional aura about you, a righteousness, a purity. A, now that doesn't mean perfection. We're not talking about you perfect. That means you are perfectly postured. You know whose you are. You know when you mess up who to go to. You have a heart and head that's aimed to get ahead and to ensure that they stay ahead by being ahead, not to tell, by following things from hell, by not following things from hell. And so when we understand that, people begin to see that the moment you stepped in this life, in my life, I was blessed. One thing that I can tell you from experience, that's why I cling to these points that I'm going to give you about attracting God's favor. Like people can't quantify my presence. People can't quantify God's presence on your life. So don't get mad when people underpay you. They can't quantify your true worth. They don't know your worth until you're gone. And so most people don't understand that that you uh that that your favor 
opens doors for you that even though you may be at a low level and you feel like you're not getting paid, I'm not saying that, I don't think that, but what I'm saying is that you feel like you're not getting paid or sustaining the level, keep being favorable. Because the more you bless a place, they can't help but promote you in that place. Then when they can't help but promote you in that place, then you might actually run that place. Then all of a sudden, you just stepped into this business industry. And because God's favor on you, next thing you know, you're you're the top, top dog or top leader in that industry. So it says, from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. I give a good story. Uh, when I was working at CMS in, in a public school, um, the day that I found out that, um, not the day, but a week after I was uh, given the opportunity to work at another school, it was heavy on my heart because I, I knew the impact I had on that school. And when I drove on my way to the uh, public school to let my principal know that I'm going to give my two weeks notice, I called her. And I could tell on the phone she knew. So when I drove there and I got into her office, I sat in her chair and I began to cry. She said, Mr. Ezzy, please don't tell me that you're leaving. I said, Miss Principal's name, I got to go. And she said, I knew you weren't going to be here long. And this is one of the words that, that one of the top phrases has ever been spoken or said in my life that I treasure, that in it encourages me to continuously to embody <clears throat> these points when it comes to God's favor. She said, you leaving this school is going to feel like the Grand Canyon. And she said, there's no possible way anyone can feel the hole that you're going to leave here. That right there shook me. That showed me, yo, God's favor is, 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 is something you must savor. Something that you that you must allow to change your behavior. Something that you should allow you to, to really grow because, man, that touched me because I know what it means to be favored by God, which means that I got to stay faithful to God because I don't want that favor to leave. And you don't you want to be in a position that people say when you go missing, like what what name your price? What 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 can I do to make you stay? What can I pay to keep you here? Like that's what favor does, because Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph's sake. So powerful. It says the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and in field. <clears throat> Joseph's favor, God's favor on Joseph did not just surround a, a, a three feet circumference. Joseph could have been in a bathroom in the bottom basement of Joseph's house. But the favor on God from Joseph's proximity expanded to all that Potiphar had, all the way to the field. That means no matter what organization you're in, you have the impact to affect your office here in, in Nebraska and all the way to corporate offices in New York. So when you walk into a place, walk in a place like you have God's favor. Walk in a place knowing that you're favored by God, that God is for you, that God is with you. That's why people get upset with you. People get jealous with you because you in their proximity that they have the brown nose to get up. But all you got to do is serve the Lord and the Lord will increase you. Don't worry about Potiphar's wife. Don't worry about the prison that may come. Don't worry about what people plotting. There's a, there's a position over a nation waiting on you. So when you know that you have God's favor, then stuff start making sense. People talking about you start making sense.
people not liking you start making sense because the moment you stepped in that company in that marketplace in that house as an ambassador of god those people are blessed because of you but you have to be a blessing for them to be blessed the blessing of the lord was on all that he had in house and field that means joseph's god's favor on joseph's life was so impactful that it blessed Potiphar, who wasn't even a believer. It blessed his businesses. It blessed everything about him. Six, so he left all that he had in Joseph's what? Charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything. God not, not only wants to, you to attract their favor, he wants you to be in such favor with these individuals that they'll, they'll leave everything in charge to you. And guess what? They'll, they won't micromanage you. <laughs> They'll leave you alone. So God says, get off my boy's back. <clears throat> get off my baby girl's back. Like I'm using this person as an agent of change. In order for him to be an agent of change, his agent has to be in charge. In order for you to be in charge, you have to allow the Lord to be Lord over your life. Number two, you have to um, become a successful person. And so this favor is not mis mystical. This favor just don't come on you because you're a child of God. This favor comes from uh, and comes upon people who are submitted to his lordship and who are becoming successful people. So you got to look at your life and ask yourself, what are those things that hinder me from becoming a successful man that can attract the favor of these type of people? And what areas of my life is not submitted to Jesus' lordship? Now, in Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph because Joseph remained faithful and righteous despite facing adversity. The true measure of a man, the true measure of a woman is how they respond to adversity. He was sold into slavery. He was a servant in Potiphar's house. Obviously, by reading in between the lines of scripture, you can begin to see that Joseph did not complain. Joseph did not uh, 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 get upset. Joseph didn't curse God and die. Joseph said, hey, I'm going to remain faithful because God gave me a dream. And God never gives you a dream that would not manifest in on scene if you're not faithful. And so he knows that all I got to do is make sure because of God's faithfulness to me, because I could have died in that pit. I heard this conversations with my brothers. I could have been, but God was faithful to me. I could have died in that pit. I could have, I could have been thrown to a wild animal. I could have been murdered by my brothers. But because God was faithful to me, I'm going to be faithful to him. The Lord was with Joseph because Joseph remained faithful and righteous. God is looking for faithful and righteous men and women because faithful and righteous people can handle positions of leadership. That's right. My brother said I could have died doing drugs. God is faithful. And so when we begin to see that when we begin to see how faithful God has been, no matter where we are, we're going to stay faithful and righteous to God, even if it's unfavorable situations, because God often gives us the most favor in unfavorable situations. But the reason why Joseph was favored was because he remained faithful. The hardest thing oftentimes for us to do is to remain faithful and to remain righteous in adversity. Adversity is a great test in testing the measure of a person.
When you go through adversity, observe how you respond to it. I'm not talking about the raw human response of emotion. We're talking about how long that human emotion lasts. We're talking about what that raw human emotion leads you towards. Don't get me wrong. When adversity comes, I'm not always happy. <laughs> I'm not happy to different enjoy. I'm, I'm not always excited about it. But I don't allow those emotions of woe is me to last for weeks because then it's going to open me up to sins and temptations. It's going to open me up to emotional eating. It's going to open me up to all types of stuff. Right. And so what I got to do is remain faithful instead of before adversity comes. I got to add verses to me before adversity. I got to add verses to me. I got to add verses to my life that will strengthen me when I face adversities in life. And the more verses you add, the more is added to you strength wise when adversity comes to you. It says, um, Joseph remained faithful and righteous. Righteous means, see, right now, as a believer, you and I, saved, blood-bought believers, <clears throat> Jesus' righteous has been imputed on us. So right now, by legal reasons. We are made righteous because of Jesus. Right now, we are righteous, meaning that the payment has been paid. There's no impending hell judgment against me. So right now, legally, I stand righteous before God as if I've never sinned. My, my, my payment for my sins is completely wiped away. Now, what should happen in a believer's life is that imputed righteousness of Jesus should spark, inspire, motivate, press towards living a righteous life. If you're not being uh, guided down to righteous and more righteous living, then it could possibly reveal that, the, that you are not even saved. One of the byproducts of salvation is that you are becoming new. So Joseph remained righteous, saying, you know what? I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor God's uh, commandments. I'm going to honor God's will. As for believers now, Joseph, of course, didn't have Jesus then. But for us now, now we have a greater sense of opportunity to live even more righteous than Joseph. And what I mean by that doesn't mean living a perfect life. It just means saying, you know, I'm going to do what's right. As a husband, as a wife, I'm going to do what's right when no one's watching. I'm going to do what's right. Not because God is looking at me or I may go to hell, but I'm doing right because it's the right thing to do because I have the right heart now. Despite facing adversity, even in slavery and false accusations, Joseph maintained his integrity and God blessed him, eventually leading to the, his rise to power in Egypt. <laughs> I hear some signs in Genesis 39, 1 through 6, some signs that God was with Joseph include. We're going to recap Potiphar's recognition. Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with Joseph and that everything Joseph touched prospered. So one of the byproducts of favor on your life, people recognize. Number two, prosperity. Joseph found favor with Potiphar, his master, and everything he did prospered. When things begin to prosper in your life, there's favor in your life. Next promotion, despite being a slave, Joseph was entrusted with greater responsibilities. So Promotion is not about just being promoted for promoted sake and for you to post it on Instagram. Promotion sake is to handle greater responsibilities because greater the responsibilities, the greater the return to God. The more God promotes you in higher positions, the more people that can be impacted by you in that position. These signs reflect the theme in the Bible where individuals who walk in alignment 
with God's principles often experience his favor and guidance in various aspects of their lives. So these signs reflect the theme in scripture, that the more that we align our lives to God's original design, then God will assign us more things. God will assign you a husband, assign you a wife, assign you more favor in the marketplace, your entrepreneurial endeavors, more favor on the workplace. He will begin to assign you more because your life is aligned with his designs. So now your marriage can be blessed because you as a man are aligned with God's designs for husbandhood. You as a wife can begin <clears throat> to experience favor in your marriage because you as a woman Excuse me, your life is aligned to God's original designs for womanhood. If you and I do not unpack the designs of God's designs for manhood, womanhood, for husbandhood, for wifehood, for parenting, then my friend, we're not going to find favor. See, God is not going to favor me if I'm not favoring or favorable to my wife. No matter how much I look favorable, doesn't matter how many scriptures I memorize, if I'm not walking faithful to her, God is not going to be faithful to my endeavors. He'll be faithful to me, but he won't be faithful to my endeavors. My stuff won't be blessed, right? My my, my messages won't be anointed. God will say, I'm no longer with Josh until Josh get back in line with what I want him to do. Now, <clears throat> which leads me to this. There's a big difference. I got to set I got to say this because it's important. I don't want you guys to go left or too far right. I want you guys to stay right with the scriptures. Now, there's a big difference between uh, there's a big difference between God's favor and God's faithfulness. I have to make this clear. Attracting God's favor involves line living in a way that aligns with his principles and values, seeking to walk in obedience and righteousness. This may result in experiencing his blessings, guidance, and support in various aspects of life. Attracting God's favor, read again, involves living in a way that aligns with his principles, meaning that I'm aligning with his biblical principles when it comes to communication and, and speech. I'm aligning with biblical principles when it comes to how to carry myself as a man or how you carry yourself as a woman, right? Or how we carry each ourselves uh, as individuals. When I began to align with his biblical principles, because principles provide favor, principles provide outcome. I'll say that. <clears throat> so there's a lot of secular people who are abiding to biblical principles. They're they are attracting the, the outcome of the principle, but they're not attracting God's favor of the principle. God's favor on a, of, on a principle is 10x what the world executes just by adhering to biblical principles. It says, and values that when you begin to seek and align your life with his principles and values, you then begin to attract God's favor. This may result in experiencing his blessings, guidance, and support in various aspects of life. Now, God's faithfulness, on the other hand, refers to his unwavering commitment to fulfilling his promises and maintaining a steadfast love towards his followers. It is not dependent on our actions, but it is a characteristic of God's nature as a father. His faithfulness is evident in his continued love, mercy, and grace, regardless of our shortcomings. So God is going to always be faithful. That's a form of God's favor. 
He's going to always be faithful when it comes uh, uh, in the categories of his continuous love, mercy, and grace, regardless of what we do. But when it comes to what we do, there won't be favor in what we do because we're not living favorable. That there are some things in our lives that's subtracting God's favor because God said, I can't bless you with that type of head. I can't bless you with that type of heart. I can't bless you with that type of hand. Your hands are wicked. Your heart is wicked. Your head is wicked. Your head hasn't been uh, transformed. Your heart is still a heart of stone, has uh, thorns and stones in it. Your hands look for mischief. Or you you still got a baby mindset. You have a babe, baby's heart. You have baby hands. So I can't favor you. Yeah, you started a business, but you started the business be, uh, before your becoming. You started a business before you submitted to me as your Lord. So I can't favor that business. Now you have to do it all in your sweat. Now you have to do it with all your might now. Now you don't even, you, you can't even benefit with, with my might. Now you have to toil and do like the world does and stay up all night and, and, and go to all these events. And, and now you don't have that, that go around the line type favor <laughs> that you showed up to the party, you were the back of the line, but my favor caused me to get you to the front of the line. You don't have that. Now you have to stand in that long line and wait longer than you could have waited if you waited for your development and you become a, a submitted to my lordship. But if you're a child of God, he's going to be faithful to your salvation. He's going to be faithful to you as his child. In essence, attracting God's favor suggests living in a manner that invites his blessings. While God's faithfulness underscores his constant, unchanging commitment to his people, even when they may not be fully prepared or deserving of his favor. Faithfulness is inherent to God, while favor often involves a responsive interaction based on our alignment with his will. So could it be that the reason why you haven't been blessed by God with a spouse is because your house is out of alignment? Could it be that your marriage is stumbling year after year because one of you guys or both of you guys are out of alignment when it comes to you as an individual husband or wife? Could it be that that the your business is not succeeding because your life is 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 out of alignment? Could it be? So you have to say, okay, am I living off of this? I don't get me wrong. Some business and some things about life do take time. You gotta. We, we're not talking about God's favor in regards to God just taking your ignorance in business and making you successful. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, if you are fully aware. And, and smart and wise about business dealings and you doing business, then God will favor that. But oftentimes some things just take time and some things requires your education. So I'm not I'm not giving you this this false reality that all you got to do is is live righteous and and be spiritually sound. But you're not skillful in business. You're not understanding marketing, understanding branding, et cetera, et cetera. You have to have some level of understanding and skills. Do you have transferable skills, transferable insight and understanding that can cause you to stand under certain pressures of certain positions? That's what I mean by that. Now, here are the eight traits. You want to say. Here are the eight traits. That will subtract God's favor in your life. <clears throat> Hindering you. In what you do. And I'm also give the counteractive point, the good thing that goes with it. Now, the first trait is unfaithfulness. 
doubting God's promises or being disloyal can hinder a deep and trusted relationship with God. Now, God requires faithfulness because it is in faithfulness that you become full of faith. It is through faithfulness that your nest becomes full of faith. Your heart as a nest will become full of faith because when you become faithful to God, you begin to see things. You begin to experience things. You begin, over time, your heart begins to grow in faith. So you cannot attract God's faithfulness if you doubt God's faithfulness. If you doubt the promise of God, that you doubt the outcome. I doubt, like, you can't be a doubtful person and attract God's favor. You can't doubt that that, that dream that God has given you, that it won't come to pass. You can't do that. If God gives you a dream, if God gives you an idea, if God gives you and says that you are qualified by me to do what I've placed in you, you can't doubt that. Because if you doubt that, you won't be faithful in his will. And then when you in his will, that's when you attract his favor. You and I cannot attract God's favor outside of his will. And so now we got to go through the first will in order for us to get to the next will. His first will is his sanctification. So the more we're faithful to the things of God, faithful to him, the more our faith is filled. And now we believe. There's not a there's not a thought in my mind that doubts that I'm successful, that will doubt that I will reach new levels of success. There's nothing in me that doubts that the dreams that God's given me, the prophecies that was prophesied to me in 2009 and 2010 and the things that I heard from God when I was 19 and 18, the things that has yet to manifest themselves. There's not nothing in me that doubts that. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay faithful, even though I may have been sold. I'm going to be faithful, even though I've been uh, 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 lied on. I'm going to be faithful, even if I'm in a prison. I'm going to be faithful because I know God has been faithful to me and nothing can shake my faith. That's where you got to ask, am I at that place? But if you doubt the dream that God has given you and you doubt that God is going to bring you out and you doubt that God is a good father, my friend, you're not going to attract God's favor because you're not going to be in God's will. Or being disloyal. You started off with God. You walked with God. I've been there. And then you stray off. You, I've, I've seen points in my life in 16 years of preaching when I began to veer off. When I began to veer off, things just wasn't clicking. Things I, I, it took more effort than it once was. I remember... When I was in, when I started off ministry, I had such, I had so much favor, man. When I was at Oral Roberts University, man, and I went to my good friend, Robbie, who was uh, one of the leaders in, in, in Victor Christian Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I went to Robbie and I had an idea. God gave me an idea in my dorm room for, for a, a benefit concert and for us to bust kids in and, and do what we got to do because I was a part of ministry that did that. And I said, why not throw an end of the school year benefit event? And I began to uh, 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 give the idea to Robbie and Robbie said, let's do it. I said, what? <laughs> he said, let's do it. And I ended up having 20 plus volunteers. We had the bus drivers on board. We had 100 plus kids come through. I went to Qdoba and uh, there was a second event, but but I had favor with Qdoba and they gave a 15% discount off of people who had the uh, uh, unpl not unplugged, but the wristbands that I had back then. Like I was walking in favor. Stuff was easy. Every artist I went to said, yeah, Josh, we'll, we'll perform at your event for free. You know, I was a college student. People showed up. People blessed. We gave money. It was seamless. 
And then there were some events where my heart wasn't towards God, that stuff just kept falling. Stuff wasn't, uh, things kept stalling. Things wasn't bawling. And I said, hold up. I started bawling. I said, hold on, God. I started crying. I said, hold up. What's going on? Before I started brawling, I said, what's, what's going on, God? The Lord is not with me. <laughs> and so I know in parts of my life where, where, where it was easy that no matter what I asked for, it was given. But bro, the buildings I had for my ministry, all of them were giving me to for free, except for the last one. And the last one gave me such a discount. I had, man, I had certain facilities that I didn't even, uh, man, bro, I was like, I'm doing this for free. They're letting me host my Bible study, artists and stuff coming in for free. Then favor at UNC Charlotte. We had Jackie Hill come through. It was just favor. And so I ain't stupid. <laughs> so I'm going to stay loyal to God. <laughs> oh, God. Not because of outcome's sake, but because of how good he is. And when your heart begins to go that round, you begin to say, man, man, my Lord, my heart is towards you. I want to keep it towards you, man. You'll be faithful. Now, here is the opposite trait of that unfaithfulness is faithfulness. Demonstrating trust and loyalty to God builds a deep connection. I'll read it again. Demonstrating trust, demonstrating, proven to be, right? Demonstrating trust and loyalty to God. Say, man, it's been years. Like true loyalty and, and, and uh, uh, to God is evident in adversity. It's evident when you're tempted to do this or that. It's evident, God, no matter if you slay me, I'll still trust you. No matter what pruning else I got to go through, no matter what other process I got to go through, God, I still trust you. Demonstrating trust and loyalty to God builds a deep connection and acknowledges reliances on his promises, aligning with his desire for faithful followers. So you know, hey, I already know the principle. At the end of every principle is a promise. And God doesn't mind paying out promises. But I got to be a person that can manage the promise, right? So the first trait that, that will subtract God's favor in your life is unfaithfulness. That's number one, doubting God's promises or just being downright disloyal. Number two, dishonesty. Acting with deceit or moral compromise goes against the integrity valued in biblical teachings, eroding trust in one's relationship with God. Now, you and I cannot expect God's favor if we are not integral. We're talking about holistically integral. We're talking about integral with our spouse. Some people are integral in business, but not integral in their house. Not integral with their spouse. You integral to your boss, but, uh, but, uh, 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 not being integral will end up proving to be lacking integrity in all places eventually. So some people may be integral for a moment over here, but if you integral over here, you're going to be integral everywhere. So dishonesty, acting with deceit or moral compromise. You and I cannot endeavor to attract God's favor if we have been compromised. I'm talking about our heart has been compromised, where we're unrepentant where we're not trying to change, where we're saying, I'm doing this because it's easier. That's an attack against loyalty. Because now you realize, man, the route, it took 18 years for Joseph to get to a second in command of Egypt, historians say. It took Jesus 18 years before he was even on the scene. Some of us, we want to be on the scene, but we don't know how to handle off the scenes. What can? How do you handle the 18 years to determine how powerful you are for three? 
how powerful you are and in 14 years beyond that. If you and I cannot handle the 18 years of being integral and being loyal when no one sees, then when we are on the scene, we won't last there long. This dishonesty, when we lie to ourselves and lie to others and not be our authentic selves, anchored in the authenticity of Christ at work in our lives through his spirit, and we can't attract God's favor. The opposite is integrity. Living with moral uprightness reflects God, God's character, and fosters a relationship built on trust, making one more receptive to divine favor. Can God trust you? Can God trust his daughters around you? Can God trust his sons around you? The way you dress, the way you carry yourself, the way you talk to women, the way you try to manipulate. Like, can God trust you around his daughters? Can God trust you around his sons? Can God trust you around children? Can God trust you around money? Can God trust you with power? If God can't trust you, best believe God won't thrust to you. God won't throw things at your, in your life. He won't add favor if you're not integral. Yes, you're going to have thoughts that cross your mind, but you have to have filters that filters it, that keeps you faithful to God, that keeps you going forward. So if there's any lies in you, then you can't expect things to lie beside you. And so that's for all of us. This message is not just for y'all. It's for me to be remembering of. What is in me that's not holy? What's in me that that's going to cause me not to hold things right? Right. So integrity. Can God trust you with power, money, his people with opportunity? Number three, pride, arrogance and a lack of humility can distance one from God's favor as the Bible warns against pride and highlights God's opposition to the proud. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The humble understand God's grace. There's no way I can run this race without God's grace. Arrogance, feeling ourselves, saying, hey, I got this. God, I don't need you no more. I'm I'm talented. I'm skillful. I'm smart. No, 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 no. We ain't that smart. Our smartness can't open doors like God can. Like God can turn the heart of people. Listen, that's why I don't, one thing about me, one thing, some of the things I don't do, I don't chase people. I don't, I don't brown nose the people, man. Listen, I know who I am. When I walk in rooms, man, your demons know who, that I'm here. Like, like everybody in this room know I'm here. I'm not talking about cognitively. I'm talking about subconsciously. Like, I don't walk into rooms trying to brown nose the people and trying to, to get favor. No, 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 no. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from God. So I don't. So that's the mentality you have to have. You got to walk in room and say, you know what? I own the room because I'm owned by the one who owns the room. I'm owned by the one who owns all rooms. So if God wants me to have favor here, then God would give me favor here. If God doesn't want to give me favor here, then God's not going to give me. So listen, that's a powerful point. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We're asking God to give us favor in situations that are disfavorable. We're, some people, that's why you shouldn't brown know. That's why you shouldn't be looking for people in positions because you don't know where their heart is. And then now you got to bend over. Now you got to compromise. Now you got to sleep with them. Now you got to do this or that just to get their favor. No, 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 no. And the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow. The blessing of the Lord has no sorrow. So I'd rather be blessed by the best. I'd rather be blessed with the one whose heart is right towards me than to be looking. Now you can go get favor from people, but then people will ask for something. The blessings of the Lord has no sorrow today or tomorrow. The blessing of the Lord doesn't come with strings attached. 
Listen, if people say, I'll give you this if I move swift. Mm -mm. Mm. Unless you say you make Joshua Ezzy rich. Unless you say you make Coach Josh rich. If you don't give me, if you don't give it to me off the fact that God told you, I don't want it. And that's what you got to understand with God's favor. God's favor, you know it's God's favor when that person doesn't want no favors. <laughs> you know it's God's favor when no individual doesn't want no favors. It's a it's a blessing run. Bless, I got to go. I'm blessed you and I got to go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an on-the-move blessing. It ain't no blessing that holds on to it and saying, so what you going to do for me? If this don't come freely, I don't want it. And that's the slow route. Because God wants to trust that you will only accept what's from him. Now, humility, embracing humility recognizes God's sovereignty and invites his grace. It's a form of favor. We're not talking about grace for yourself. We're talking about grace for, for opportunities, for growth. Humility says, I am nothing without God. Humility says, God gets the glory for everything I do because I borrowed his breath to do it. <laughs> I borrowed his air to do it. So no matter how successful, no matter how great and talented I am, no matter how skillful I am, I still had to use God's air to do it. So God deserves the glory. So I humble myself, which invites more grace, which invites more favor. Because you have the right understanding. You have the right heart posture. We have the right understanding. I'm going to put myself with you. I don't want to act like I, I, I'm not there, that I'm already there or something like that, right? Cruelty. Displaying lack of compassion or mistreating others contradicts the biblical commands to love and show kindness, obstructing God's favor, potentially, which eventually it will. Displaying lack of compassion and mistreating others. God is not, listen, man, if you, that's why I measure a person based upon how they treat people that they cannot benefit from. I watch how people treat the waitress, the waiter. I watch how people, when I travel, when I, when I travel before these last two years, <clears throat> when I travel, I watch how my driver, I watched how the pastor, when I'm with the pastor, I watch how they treat people. Because of course you're gonna treat me right. Of course you're gonna treat people that you uh, can benefit from, right? But how do you treat those whom you do not benefit? Listen, how you treat the people that are not the quote unquote in positions, they bless you more, bro. Every time I walk in the Whole Foods, I'm blessed. I've had people listen. There's a Whole Foods down Fairview in Charlotte that I used to go to all the time. I used to live closer there. And I haven't been there. There be there be gaps in between how long I've been there. I'll be gone for like months and I have been to Whole Foods. And when I walk into that Whole Foods, hey Josh, how you doing? I mean, I remember when this one guy, he's like six for six. We talk all the time over there by the buffet, by the uh uh, uh food, the pizza guy, um, the lady who does desserts, like they don't forget me. You know what they do? They be changing tickets. <laughs> They be blessing me. They, I mean, one guy he says, "Man, let me add extra slice in there." I like, like when I when I used to go to places when I worked at the elementary school, and 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 this young boy uh, that I used to because uh, I was BMT and I was always watching over his mama worked at Bojangles. I'm just trying, ma'am, mom, my mama, mama. I'm just trying to get, I'm mama. I just, I'm just trying to get what I'm ordering, mama. I I just want two piece, two size. She'll give me you know the big bags of Bojangles. She'll give me like three boxes. She'll be like, I'm like, man, mama, you gave me a whole box of fries? <laughs> mama, I got three breasts and two legs? <laughs> Blessing. 
blessing, blessing. But I had to realize not all favor is, is good for your, <laughs> for your body. But what I'm saying is because the I remember one guy stopped me. He's from, he's from Africa. He worked at Whole Foods. And he said, man, these people at Whole Foods are so bougie. They treat us like we're nothing. He says, but when you come in here, man, you stay and talk with us. You ask. I, I still remember they be uh, saying, pray for my mom. I still I ask about their mom. Bro, that's how you get favor, man. Bro, man, people will look out for you. People at the airport looked out for me because they remember me last. I'm like, that's what you do. You treat everybody right. I tell my students all the time in econ class, I ask them, who do you think is the most important person in a company when it comes to getting favor from a CEO, a VP, et cetera? They named a bunch of people. I said, no, it's the secretary. The secretary to the boss, the boss will often ask, how did they treat you when you came in for the interview, when they came in for the interview? Was he nice to you? How do they treat you? You know why? Because if you can't treat my secretary right, you'll eventually treat me wrong. God, that's a principle that business people hold. That's why the secretary is a front line of defense. <laughs> the secretary would tell them they 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 didn't say good morning to me. They was rude to me. What 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 they was they was they was whatever. Then they people wonder why they didn't get jobs. Compassion, practicing love and kindness towards others. Practice it. Mirrors God's nature, fulfills the commands to love one neighbor's aligning with this principle. That's how you attract more favor. Uh, man, listen, that's a principle I hold on to. Let's keep going. Ingratitude, for time's sake. Failing to acknowledge and appreciate God's blessings can create an unthankful heart, diminishing receptivity to his favor. Now you can't even receive God's favor because you're not even grateful for what of how faithful he's been to you. The opposite is gratitude. Offering thanks for God's blessings, demonstrate a grateful heart, fostering an atmosphere of appreciation for his favor. If you and I are not appreciative of yesterday's favor, it could diminish tomorrow's favor. If we're not appreciative of the little things, we won't be able to manage the big things because we realize that the little things are actually the big things. Breathing is a little thing, but it's a big thing. So when I thank God for the breath in my lungs, 23,000 breaths that I take every day, I couldn't keep I couldn't keep up with the breaths. My Thanksgiving couldn't even keep up with God's faithfulness to me. So gratitude almost should be a, 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 a state of living where every second is a is a, gr a gratefulness posture, a gratefulness attitude because you're breathing. We're breathing. So ingratitude is another selfishness. Withholding generosity and failing to share with others contradicts the principles of stewardship and selflessness found in the Bible. The opposite is generosity. Sharing with others reflects stewardship and selflessness, embodying the biblical principle that God blesses those who give. So if you're a selfish person and you only uh, fish for yourself and you don't fish for others, See, when, you, when you're a selfless person, that doesn't mean you don't fish for yourself at all. It just means you bring fish back for everybody. <laughs> you got fish for two for, for you, and you got fish for two, or fish for three, fish for four, fish for five. Selfish people says, I know I have a wife at home. I know I have a daughter at home. I know I have a son at home. I know I have a husband at home, but I'm only really doing this for me. 
I dress better than my own kids. I drive better than my own uh, this or or like husbands. My, my life looks good, but my wife don't. Or she only looks good when it's time for her to look good, but my wife's countenance is low. But I look like I'm balling. But the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he find when a man, find, the Bible says this. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he obtains favor from the Lord. See, when a man finds a wife, that means that when a man is along his way of purpose, along his way of purpose, he finds his purpose person. See, just like with uh, Adam, God did not give Adam an assistant until Adam fulfilled his assignment. When Adam fulfilled his assignment, then it was time for Adam to have an assistant. But while Adam was on the way of fulfilling his assignment, he found his assistant along the way. But when the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds his favor or obtaineth favor. That means that when you find a wife, a wife is one who multiplies. When you give a wife sperm, she gives you a child. When you give a wife a house, she gives you a home. See, when a man finds a wife, you have to be a man to know what a wife is. And a lot of boys are just picking women and wondering why they can't make a hole into a housewife. But when a man finds a wife, he finds favor, which also then uh, leans towards the other side of it. When a man is not faithful to his wife, he, he diminishes in favor. The Bible says that, the, that God doesn't answer the prayer of a husband who is not faithful and honorable to his wife. So it's two sides to that. So when a man finds a wife, he finds his favor and obtains favor, which means that that he's known in the gates. Proverbs thirty one that 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 his wife uh, 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 ensures that that he's put together and 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 and, and strong and, and 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 is encouraged and strengthened. And in return, that man would then begin to be faithful to that wife. I mean, it, it's an automatic thing. But what I'm saying is there there is a reciprocity that comes with that. But there's a warning to men that men has to be, they have to be favorable to their wives if they want favor from God. And women have to understand, if I want to attract the man of favor, I have to be favorable. I have to give him something. What can you give a man? Nowadays, women just feel like all I can give him is my body. Body, body, uh, uh, ages. What can you give a man? What favor do you give a man? That's why I tell women, man, what type of man do you want? And can you add to the level of favor that man needs? Will a man obtain favor with you in his life? Or will you be like a dripping faucet that it's better for him to be on a roof than in the house with a contentious woman? Do you bring drama? Or do you bring in uh, blessings? Right? Does he, does he wish that he never married you? Or is or he, every day he's proud to be your husband? We're talking about good men. And so both parties have to understand that. But anyway, but selfishness is, is, is rampant in marriages where men only fish for themselves. They lose favor from God. Women who only fish for themselves, they lose favor. Neglect or generosity is the opposite. Sharing with others reflects stewardship. Oh, I already read. Okay. <clears throat> Neglect. These two real quick. And I got to go. Neglect of prayer. Ignoring or neglecting communication with God diminishes the depth of the relationship and may limit the reception of divine guidance and favor. How can I receive favor from God if I'm not in constant communication with God? The opposite of that is prayerfulness. Regular and sincere communication with God deepens the relationship. The goal in life is not to have a shallow relationship with God. Our goal is to have a deep, like a serious relationship with God. 
demonstrating dependence on him and creating an environment for his guidance. So we've been noticing throughout these this message that the goal is to demonstrate and to create an atmosphere or an environment that's attractive. See, an environment activates. That's why the joy of the Lord activates. Like, like there are certain frequencies that, that, that a spiritual being who is aware and enlightened of their purpose, enlightened of God's love, enlightened of, of the joy of the Lord and, and, his, and his benefits, and enlightened by the peace of God, there's a certain uh, activation that occurs with that individual. There's, there's something that, that naturally activates in the life of a person who's walking upright. So that's why the favor of God is like a shield. And no matter where you walk in, because you are favored by God, it activates things. That no matter what Potiphar tried to do against Joseph, it couldn't take the favor off of him. That even when he was thrown in prison, his, his, his essence began to activate within the environment of the prison, which promoted him top dog of the prison. And then when it was time for him to interpret dreams, he was in the face of a king and it activated something. Do you have activation in your life? Like, like, but activation comes from demonstration. Like, like when I demonstrate the principles of God and I demonstrate the word of God sincerely from my heart, it activates environment. Is there, there is not a place that I go into by the favor of God that I'm not favored. That's my mindset. And so I do things to make sure I continuously uh, uh, stir the ingredients of activation that activates every environment. And you can do that too. <clears throat> The goal of the believer is that no matter where the believer is, things are activated in that environment. That's a good word. Unforgiveness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Holding on to grudges and refusing to forgive can hinder one, one's experience of God's forgiveness and may obstruct the flow of his favor. What I mean by that is this. When a person experiences God's favor, I mean, experiences God's forgiveness, you can't help but forgive. When I became aware of God's forgiveness, I couldn't help but forgive those who wronged me. I walk in love with every. I have nothing. Man, listen, I search my heart often. There's nothing in me that hates anybody because I've embraced the forgiveness of God. Right. Because I'm aware of God's forgiveness, I can't help but forgive. Even when people do me wrong recently or eventually, I, it's, it, man, it's, what, it's whatever, man. It's cool. It happens. I, it, when I talk to my wife about some of the things that happened against me, she's in she's she's in awe of how my mind goes immediately to empathy. <clears throat> I immediately put myself in the shoes. You know what I tell my wife? I remember people don't people, not everybody likes me and my wife now. Don't get it twisted. Not everybody likes us. And I told her, I said, man, I wouldn't like us either. Real talk. What keeps me from being unforgiving is realizing that, man, I wouldn't like me either. Fam, I, bro, I've been picked on since I was a kid. There's some people watching right now. You understand where I'm coming from. Nobody liked you. Like, I mean, people liked you. A lot more people liked you than disliked you. But a lot of people disliked you. But what I mean by this is this. Man, bro, I wouldn't like me either if I was favored by God like this. Oh, man, yeah, that makes sense. Man, Josh, for 20 years, people who watch me for 20 years, they can say, man, this man, I've never seen this man. And I have not been perfect. Please, I'm the first to say, I am a flawed man. Like, bro, I was flawed. I made some dumb decisions. Please understand that. But I was like, David, though, God, don't take your presence from me. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is that when you begin to embrace God's forgiveness, and please, I don't want to sound like I'm talking a lot about me. So please, if it sounds like that, that's not my heart. I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant to make sure that I'm not saying, talking a lot about myself, because that's not, 
that's not who I am. So please, anyone out there that's like, man, he keeps saying, please understand that's not my heart, that's not my temper. I'm giving examples. But when we walk in forgiveness, man, like it helps you go forward. And so, but if you have grudges and resentment, you, are, you can't attract God's favor because you're not loving. When we're not loving, when we're not understanding, when we're not empathetic, when we're not able to put on their shoes, no matter how small or how big, and take a few steps in them and realize what they did, like Jesus did, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, then we won't get on to being favored for what we need to do. Forgiveness is the opposite. Excuse me. Extending forgiveness aligns with God's merciful nature and fulfills the biblical teaching that forgiveness is linked to receiving God's forgiveness. Uh, Psalms 512 says, which states, for surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with favor as a shield. Oh, now okay, I'm ahead of myself. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to skip this for time's sake, and I'll probably add notes to the description. I have a lot of notes here. Um, but now, here are some points that spells the word favor on how to continuously attract the favor of God. Um, there's a verse that I want to break down real quickly. And I forgot. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Here it is. Let me put this down so I can see. That's what threw me off. Now, <clears throat> real quickly, <clears throat> I probably go 115 uh, or an hour and 15 minutes. Now, Psalms 512 says, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. Surely he blesses the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with the shield. I love that. What that verse is saying is when you're living a righteous life and you are faithful, integral, humble, compassionate, grateful, generous, and prayerful and forgiving, the favor of God surrounds you like a shell. I wrote some things. Here are some things that comes with that. It says security and confidence. Understand that God surrounds us with his favor like a shield provides a profound sense of security. It instills confidence in facing life challenges, knowing that God's favor acts as a protective barrier. God has favored us. When I'm talking about uh, faithfulness, God has been faithful in shielding us. But when it comes to his favor shielding us, it means it don't matter who is in opposition to what it is that you're doing. You are protected. Your business is protected. The Bible says that Potiphar's house and field was blessed. That, that no matter what it is, you are confidently assured that no matter where you are, nobody can touch your name. Can, nobody can touch your business. Nobody can touch your family. It don't matter because the higher you get in success, you might get threats. You might get people coming after you. And when you know you got favor from God, God favored me to be here. So I'm not going to fall into fear. I'm not going to fall into fear here because I'm favored here. So my family's protected. My property's protected. Not a leaf on my property will be stepped on. Uh, listen, that's, that's how God's favor surrounds you with a shield. So when I do ministry, I'm favored. I'm protected. My family's protected. My, I, when I make prayers, when I do ministry, my spiritual warfare proactive tactic is they can't even touch my future properties. There's properties being held for me. Lands being held for me that angels are protecting. And I don't even own them yet. But in eternity, I own them. That's favor. Your business is protected. No matter who's plotting and scheming against it. He surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield. So you can walk shielded. 
divine support. In daily life, this concept can serve as a reminder that as believers, we are not navigating life alone. God's favor is present, offering guidance, opportunities, and a sense of his unwavering support. <clears throat> that not only are you shielded, not only are you protected, but you're supported. Man, why is everything that man, that woman touched prosperous? It's like he got support, like invisible people carrying his business, invisible people carrying her, her, her bakery business, her, 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 or whatever she does. <clears throat> when she comes to the job, it's like, man, she just supported. Favor like a shield, peace and adversity. When difficulties arise, the assurance of being surrounded by God's favor can bring peace. It becomes a source of comfort, knowing that his favor is a constant in the midst of life uncertainty. So when you know that you're favored by God, you can always go to bed at night at peace. No matter what the person says about your business, that's going to happen tomorrow. No matter what the person says about you having to leave this property tomorrow, no matter how much it costs tomorrow for you to have this or to have that, no matter what they say on your job about downsizing, it don't matter what they say. You can sleep knowing that you're favored, that even if that job does go down, you got a job. I'm, well, I ain't going to get into that because I ain't trying to get political. But anyway, God is favored. I can sleep good at night knowing that I don't have to worry. I remember when my wife and I got a letter in the mail saying, if you don't buy this townhome, you got to leave. And we didn't want that townhome as far as purchasing it. And we had 30 days to make a decision. It was a peaceful transition. Every time we had to go through something, it was peaceful because that's favor. It don't matter who tries to kick you out. They're kicking you in. It don't matter who is trying to kick you out. Change your perspective. You're just kicking me into something better. You're just kicking me into something greater. Kick me out. You kicking me in. <laughs> success and promotion. God's favor is depicted as a shield is often associated with success and promotion. Believers trust that as they walk in God's favor, doors will open, opportunities will arise, and success will follow, leading to promotion in various aspects of life. Now, one thing I love about opening doors, what I love about God is this, is that the doors that God opens are not doors with handles. <laughs> Most of the doors that God opens for us have no handles. The doors that God be opening for us are doors that we walk towards like at grocery stores and they open. Why? Because when we we have to be in proximity and those doors don't have locks. So it don't. when I go to a door, I, all I got to do is walk within proximity of the door and boom, and you walk through. That's the favor of God, that I got to walk in purpose and God will lead me to doors. And all of I know about time I realize that I'm that the door is open, I'm already in the place. You ever walk into a rest, a grocery store and a door opens and you 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 you're not even you're not even thinking about what it takes to open the door. Like when I walk into Walmart, walk into Target, no matter where I walk into, I don't be thinking about, oh, my gosh, will that door open. No. When I walk to that door, I just know who. Next thing I know, the door closed behind me. I'm already in the place. Woo. That's how it is walking with God. Walking with God is like, man, this door just, not, just automatically opens. <laughs> now, last point. Here are some points on how to continuously attract the favor of God, spelling the word favor. F-A-V-O-R. Number one, F, faithfulness. Live faithfully. 
demonstrate unwavering faith in God by trusting his promises beyond the principle and principles and obeying his commands. It's that simple. If you want to attract God's favor, be faithful. Be faithful. Read the Bible and do what it says. Read the Bible and what it says about a husband, about a wife, about children, about, about being a steward, about money. Just do what it says with the right heart. Oh, de demonstrate unwavering faith in the promises that comes after the principles. Every principle has a promise. But before the principle, there has to be practice. I have to practice the principle in order to obtain the promise of the principle. So I have to live faithfully, even if I don't see anything, because even though I don't see the outcome of the promise, I know the promise is working on promises in me. If it's not working for you, it's working on you. If it's not working for you, it's working on you. So don't get distracted by I've been faithful in my singleness for two years. I've been faithful in, in my marriage for three. I've been faithful in this business for four. It doesn't matter how long you've been faithful, because if it's not working for you yet, it's definitely working on you. That's why the Bible talked about in Joseph that that he uh, uh what it says. It said that. um that the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. So there was things working on Joseph because obviously Joseph was a brat. <laughs> obviously Joseph might've had a good heart, but he was he had brat-like tendencies, baby of the family-like tendencies. Hey, my brothers, I'm gonna tell you a dream. And he, the Bible said he was 17. So he wasn't like six years old telling his dream. He had some common sense. And his dad uh, the Bible says his father loved him more than his other son. So the father fathered him wrong. Maybe that's why God had to get him away from his father. Whew. Maybe that's why God had to get Joseph because God still had a plan for Joseph, even though Joseph was flawed. And Joseph and God knew that I could not fulfill this dream in his father's environment because his father was babying him, giving him too much favor, causing resentment and animosity uh, with his brothers. But God still used it for Joseph's good. That's why Joseph was able, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. But God still had to get him out of that too good of a home with his father. So what am I saying is that he, he had to become a successful man. There was some stuff in Joseph. God had to get out of him. And sometimes it took a pit. Sometimes it takes a prison. Now, I ain't talking a real prison. I'm talking metaphorical. Sometimes it takes a job that feels like a prison. Sometimes it takes uh, being favored, being promoted, and being demoted, and seeing how you respond, it's, and uh, all that kind of stuff, to eventually get into the dream fulfilled. So if it's not working for you, it's working on you. It's making you into a successful person that can actually handle success. So we have to live faithfully, demonstrating unwavering faith in God by trusting his promise. I trust that if I fulfill this, the promise will occur. And obeying his commands. When God tell you don't do it, don't do it because you trust him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Have your path straight. Consistent devotion. Maintain a regular and sincere relationship with God through prayer, worship, and reading and meditating his word. That's how you foster. Like it's saying, man, I got to maintain a regular. That means it takes discipline. Listen, let me tell you something about marriage. Marriage is more discipline than desire. Keep it a band with you. 
early on in marriage dating is there's a lot of desire. But sometimes those desires are threatened to expire because of just trials and tribulations of marriage. Marriage is work. And marriage will work for you if you work the principles of marriage. Singleness will work for you if you work the principles of singleness. And so we have to understand that, that it takes consistency. It takes regular, that you can, uh, Daniel prayed for 21 days. But the Bible says that the answer was released the day he asked. But we have to be regular and we have to be sincere. You cannot just be praying to God to get, to get things. You should be praying to God to get closer. Not for things to get closer to you, but for you and I to get closer to God. That should be our sincere devotion. A, alignment with his will. So if we want to attract the favor of God, we have to first be faithful, live faithfully. Number two, we have to align with his will. I put my coaching clients through the entrepreneurs, the successful people, like the people, people who are early, early entrepreneurs, early business people, uh, uh, professional, or anybody that wants that coaching. I help people with this, no matter who it is. But but the uh, the people who are like, anyway, I I help them understand that <clears throat> there's three levels: assignment, alignment, and designment. <laughs> How things were meant in their designs. In order for you and I to fulfill an assignment at a high level, we first must understand that everything is an assignment. A husband is an assignment. A wife is an assignment. You have been assigned to be a wife to this man. You have been assigned to be a husband to this woman. So when you understand assignment, then you wait till God assigns. You don't go looking for a sign. You just wait till you're assigned. Right. You just say, God, I trust that you will assign me a husband, assign me a wife, assign me the responsibility of these children waiting to make them in the right environment. When you understand that these things are assignments, then you take them more seriously. That, but, but before God assigns you, that's why you can assign yourself anything. You can assign yourself a wife. You can assign yourself a husband. You can assign and be assigned. You can be assigned to church. You can be assigned. You can do. You can fulfill any assignment, but it won't be favor with it. But in order for you to fulfill any assignment as an ambassador in your home or an ambassador of God in the marketplace or an ambassador on that job or an ambassador wherever you are, you have to be in alignment. If you're not in alignment to God's designments, then you're not going to fulfill his assignment at a high level. And so in order for me to attract God's favor, I have to align my life, submit my life to his principles, to the way he does things. Because God holds the blueprint. Man, like, bro, imagine God giving you designs of what it means to be a man and you don't adhere to them. If you and I do not adhere to <clears throat> the uh the basic levels of a, of of designs we're not going to be able to build anything good so listen i have to first build my life on the blueprints of manhood then when i want to add to that floor there's a blueprint for husbandhood then there i have to make sure that my life is aligned to the blueprints of a father in order for this house not to fall, my house not to fall, and, and, and my legacy falls, I have to build my manhood on the blueprints of what the word of God says about men. 
Then I got to make sure that I get inspected often inspections to make sure that that my manhood is on his blueprints, that my husbandhood is on his blueprints, that my father, because it doesn't, no bother if I'm not a good father, no bother if I'm not a, why bother be a man, a, a preacher, why bother be an entrepreneur if I'm a bad father, if I'm a bad husband, if I'm a bad man? So you and I got to find the original designs and the original and designs are intertwined in it. If your Bible don't like this, but in a Bible, the blueprint. Let's read. Man, it's crazy. God took me to Joseph and he produced all this, man. That's why you just got to follow him when it comes to your messages. When God tells you, hey, just read your Bible for a little bit. It, just me spending a few minutes with God in Genesis 39 produced all this, man. It's, it, God, you're awesome, man. Um, Seek his will actively every day actively the more active you are the more you activate the more active you are the more you activate the more active you are exercise the more you activate health the more active you are in your marriage the more you activate love the more you active in your in your children's life the more active the more the more you activate and 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 when you're 56 year old nobody's coming to visit you <laughs> I see you, fam. So the more active you are, the more you activate. So you have to actively seek his will every day. It, actively seeking what it means to be a husband. Actively seeking just in case there's something else I need to learn else about being a father. Active so I can activate things in my daughter that she'll never have to worry about being disactivated. So I can activate things in my wife that I don't have to worry about being disactivated. Because the more active I am, the more I reap. The more active you are in the beginning, the more active you stay active, the more you reap. Then it becomes a compounded returns. That's deep level uh, stuff right there. We'll get to that another time. <clears throat> Actively seek and align your life with God's will. That means you got to, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes, it takes hunger. It takes understanding. Making choices that reflect. Every choice you make must reflect his values and principles if you want to be in a position to attract his favor. Obey his commands. Obey God's commandments and seek guidance and making decisions that honor him. If you don't know, there's some nuances, there's some gray areas where scriptures are not clear about that specific thing that you're facing. But trust me, there, there's a there's a there's a, a, a overarching point that gives understanding and clarity to a, a nuanced area. But even then, seek guidance for God. That's why God gave the Holy Spirit. The Bible, God gave us two things. He gave us a Bible for general for general things, and he gave us the Holy Spirit for nuanced things. The Holy Spirit helps with the nuance. Stuff that, that may not be written in scripture, he's there. Nuance. Hey, bam. Nope. That's not how you dope. Nope. And he'll point to a scripture. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that scripture pointed to my nuanced situation. He gave you a Bible that's giving you a, a manual, and he gave you customer service. No, I'm just <laughs> Anyway, he gave you his spirit to say, uh, 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 no, that ain't, that, that ain't, that ain't quite right. <laughs> go, don't go left. Don't go right. V, F, faithfulness. A, alignment with his will. V, virtuous living. Integrity, uphold moral and ethical standards in all aspects of your life. Don't just hold ethical and integral things in business, but you're not handling your business at home, right? 
Uphold moral and ethical standards in all aspects of life, reflecting God's character in your action choices. So embody the character of God and allow his character to shape your life. Compassion. Practice kindness, love, and empathy towards others, mirroring God's compassion. That's how you attract God's favor, virtuous living, that people can see God is with you. People can see that they can trust you with anything. They can trust you in a house with their family. They can trust you around their money. They can trust you around their car. They can trust you around uh, 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 their words. See, kids, when I counsel them, they're surprised that Mr. Ezra don't leak. I don't leak the tea. <laughs> when kids be telling me the tea or telling me stuff about their life, they'll be like, man, Mr. Ezra don't tell a soul. Yeah, man, I don't tell nobody nothing. <laughs> I don't leak. When I'm talking about, they, I ain't talking about when it comes to like some some serious. I'm talking about when it comes down to like who they like and all that kind of stuff. Like nobody finds out to me. There'll be people like, man, who she like? Mister, who she like? Bro, she don't like nobody. <laughs> Just joking. Anyway, <clears throat> F, faithfulness. A, alignment. V, virtuous living. Where I'm at. F A V, openness to his guidance. Listening in prayer. Cultivate a receptive heart in prayer. Actively listening for God's guidance and direction. So you have to be open to his guidance. Say open. I'm open to you, God. No matter what you say, I'll do it. Whatever you say. Sensitivity to his spirit. I'm going to do a video on this this week, possibly, Lord willing. Be attuned to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, in your daily life, allowing his guidance to influence your decisions. So be a sister of spirit. Open to his guidance. Last but not least, reverence and worship. Worshipful lifestyle, adapt the lifestyle of worship, honoring, acknowledging God's greatness and expressing gratitude for his favor. Have a, a worship about you. Have a, a song about you. I, I have, a, have a bounce to you. Have a gratitude about you. Have an honor about you. And that's where I come down to my reverence point. Approach God with humility and reverence, recognizing his sovereignty and authority in your life. What that means is a worshiper is a person who's a reverence, a person who reverence. The more you reverence God, the more authentic your worship is. Your worship is not the songs you sing. The worship is the soundtrack of your soul. So how to attract God's favor continuously? You have to be faithful to him. You have to, you have to be aligned to his will. You have to be, I live a virtuous life. Next, you got to be open to his guidance. And R, you got to be reverence in your worship. I pray this video was a blessing to you. I went super long today. It's the longest I've gone in a long time, an hour and 30 minutes. But I pray this video was a blessing to you, man. It stems from my time with God. So, God, you get the glory always. But I'm always amazed when I spend time with you and you give me such a great message, man. You make me look good, man. So I have to glorify you for that. <clears throat> with that being said, I have some resources for you. If you want to get your mind to a place where you are uh, mentally competent, mentally creative, mentally compensated with ideas, mentally clear, having that clarity of God and, and practicing certain uh, habits that uh, garner that type of creativity. You basically just want a mind that is transformed and a mind that's an asset and a liability. Then check out my resilient mindset program link in the description box below. If you need some mindset work, we start January 15th. If you don't sign up for this particular program by January 15th, you have to be on a wait list for the next three months. And so get in now. You have about uh, 13 days to get into this second wave and um, and check out the testimonials about that. If you are an individual that I, that I alluded to and you want to fulfill all of your assignments at a high level, you're successful professionally, 
man, that, man, when it comes to you balling and making money, you are great. You're a successful entrepreneur or a person that wants to be an entrepreneur, whatever. And you're successful in, 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 in that area, but you're not quite there in your marriage. You're not quite there in your relationship with God. And those things are failing and you looking for a, a coaching a, a, a program to help you personally develop in every area leaning towards holistic success, then check out my personal development coaching program or other, AKA holistic success program designed with, with a, a framework that will ensure that if you practice these different things, then you will begin to see your marriage increase or your singleness increase or be prepared for marriage, or you begin to see a stronger bond with your wife or husband, stronger bond with your children. You'll begin to see yourself growing personally. You begin to see things breaking off of you generationally. And then you will begin to see even more favor. The people I've coached in this coaching program, they are shocked by how much favor they receive by simply making some adjustments in their marriage, making some adjustments in their parenting. And then they begin to see their professional life even increase more, making more millions, making more money, having more impact by simply making sure that every area of their lives is aligned to God's original designs so they can fill their assignment at a high level. God wants you holistically successful. He wants your family to be as successful as your uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. So if you need that personal development coaching, then check out my fulfillment coaching program that will help you transform into a person that can hold everything in your life effortlessly. Pray that was a blessing to you. Check those out. Check out some books that I think will help you in, in accordance to this program. My book, not program, but this video, multi-purpose. Uh, this book right here, STEM, has created a lot of these coaching programs. How to understand that you have more than one purpose and how to fulfill them all at a high level. Uh, uh, Soul Ties and Strongholds, The Purpose of Freedom is a good book. If you're struggling to discern God's will for your life, Counterfeit a Counterpart is a great book for that. Uh, purpose of Singleness. It's another good book that will help people attract. If you can't attract God's favor in your singleness, you're not going to attract a favorable uh, counterpart. Dating Prep is a great book to make sure that a person deserves your favor. <laughs> I should. That's another twist. I might talk about that in another video. Uh, for young people, parents, if you want your young person to understand God's favor at an early age, how to find that purpose at early age, this book, as he says, would be a great book for them. Also, Spiritual Warfare, How to War Against Those Things are Trying to Come Against Your Favor, Whether the Enemies Enter You, or the enemies outside of you. So I pray those books and resources, card games, all that stuff in the description box below. Thank y'all so much uh, for uh, entrusting me your listening ear. I don't have a worksheet for this video because of how quick things were coming together. Didn't have time to create one, but just allow this word to sink in to you. If you need this in audible audio form, check out my podcast. Simple type in Joshua Ezzy, and you could be able to listen to these messages. So you don't have to always watch me listen while you're at work. Um, love y'all. Thank you all for your generosity in advance, however you support, whether it's coaching programs, books, card games, or, or giving, however you support. We appreciate generosity in advance. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.